Let's go to Matthew chapter 16 this morning. We're going to continue to flow in this. Matthew chapter 16, it's on the screen for your convenience. I'm just going to go. Somebody say go. Somebody say go. Matthew 16 and verse 18, just two scriptures we're going to read this morning. Jesus said this, now I say to you that you are Peter. Somebody say Peter, which means rock. Somebody say rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Aren't you glad for that this morning? That strongholds cannot take you under if you're with Jesus. That sickness cannot take you under if you are on the firm foundation. Hell won't be able to conquer it. Verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody say the keys. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning on the word forbidden. Somebody look at your neighbor and say forbidden. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say forbidden. 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 Come on, give two people a high five on your way down to your seat and say forbidden. Come on, you may be seated in the house. Do you feel the presence of the Lord this morning? I do. I do. And our text today is in Matthew chapter 16. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate being told no. I hate being told no. Do you? I hate being told that I can't do something. I hate being told that it's not possible. I remember people told me that when we said, hey, we're going to move to Bowling Green and start a church. They said, nobody will come. Thank you, Jesus, right? I hate when people tell me no. And unfortunately, no can be a defining blow to some people. You know what I'm saying? People, there's some people who live by people's yeses and die by people's noes. And often we do this not just with people, but with the Father. We pray for something, we believe for something, we ask for something, and we believe it's going to happen. And that's good, you should. You should believe that God is able to do, the Bible says, exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever, oh come on, is there any Bible people in the house? Ask or think according to, that word according means harmony, harmonious, to the power that is working within us. We should believe God. We should believe God is going to come through for us. We should. But the question I want to pose to you this morning is, but have we prayed God's will? You see, God's will is a funny thing. I don't like God's will most of the time. Is there any witnesses to that in the house? Because often God will give you a promise but we, as, as humans, don't want to go through the process in order to get to the thing that he said we would get to. We don't like process. We love the promise. And we can clap all day long. God's going to give you a breakthrough. Yeah. But he never said that you're going to have to go through a wilderness season in order to get there. God's will is a funny thing. And you see, God has an agenda. Some, somebody say agenda. God has an agenda. The kingdom agenda. He has a kingdom agenda. 
And if this is your first time here, I want to tell you that Jesus didn't come to die for you to be a part of a religious club. We have enough religious clubs in this town. Amen, Pastor Andrew. I'm not here to bash anybody. That's not what I'm here to do. But we have enough religious institutions in this town. Jesus didn't die for that. He died so that you could be a part of the kingdom of heaven. You could be a part of the kingdom of heaven. He has an agenda, a kingdom agenda. And his will is to establish the culture of heaven here in the earth. Somebody say here in the earth. Now notice it's not the world, it's the earth. There is a difference. The world is a belief system. The earth is an atmosphere. Let me prove it to you. The Bible says, I bet everybody in here can quote this, John 3, 16. For God so loved the earth. Oh, did I mess that up? God so loved the earth. No, 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 not the earth. The, oh, come on. Near church is a loud church. I like it when you talk back to me. I hate it when my kids talk back to me, but I like it when you do. So let's just practice real quick. Somebody say amen. amen. That's much better. Amen. It doesn't say, for God so loved the earth. It says the world. Because there's a difference. The world is a belief system. The earth is an atmosphere. Are you with me this morning? The Bible also says in Psalm 24 and 1 that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So God wants to establish His kingdom in the earth but there is already an established ecosystem called the world. Now, if you grew up in church at all, maybe you've heard this term. Like, teenagers say it a lot, at least where I come from. Man, have you heard about so-and-so? They're so worldly. You know what I'm talking about? They're so worldly. They're, they're out in the world. It's like a common phrase we use. They're just out in the world. They're worldly. They're talking about a belief system. A belief system that is separate from the system of the kingdom of heaven. So God owns the earth and the fullness thereof. He owns the atmosphere. He owns the region. But the system, because sin entered into the world, was overtaken by the system of the world or the system of hell. Are you still with me this morning? Look at your neighbor and say, are you still with him? So God has called you and I as the church, as the body of Christ, to transform the world. Not the earth, the world. To make it look like heaven. Because nobody uses the term earth changer. <laughs> you ever heard somebody say that? Man, you're an earth changer. No, nobody says that. And that's disgusting to say. Even coming out of my mouth, it sounds weird and gross. It's world changer. Man, you're a world changer. You know why we say that? Because there's a world that needs changing. There's a world that needs changing. We have a world that needs to look like heaven, but instead looks like hell. Now, I'm not cussing there. I'm talking about an institute, an entity, the enemy of your soul. Did you know you have an enemy this morning that is after your soul? And he will do whatever it takes 
to get you into his system instead of God's. Because in heaven there is no pain, y'all. In heaven there is no sickness. In heaven there is no disease. In heaven there's no breakups. Aren't you glad for that? In heaven is perfect. And this is why the enemy wants you to step out of God's will into what we call the world. We have a world that needs to look like heaven. Our families, our communities, our friends, our city, our nation, our world is depending on you and I to bring heaven to earth. And that's what this series is about. Heaven invade. Somebody say heaven invade. If you want to see heaven brought to earth around you, I dare you to just give him 10 seconds of praise right there. Come on. So we want heaven to invade. But, but, but this requires praying according in harmonious with the will of the Father, which is a problem. Because God has an agenda, but so do we. Now I know what you're thinking, Pastor. I don't have, I don't have an agenda, Pastor. Pastor, I'm so holy, I don't have an agenda. Yes, you do. It's quiet this morning. We all have an agenda. Whether we realize it or not. And inside of us, is what we call the flesh and the spirit. And the flesh has its own agenda. And they are warring after each other to see whose agenda are you going to live out today. Now, if you think that you're going to come to the altar, get saved, pray the prayer, experience God, and then the fight is over, you're wrong. It's a daily thing to say, today I'm going to live according to the agenda of heaven and not my own because can I tell you that your agenda is crazy I mean you think you're crazy now being saved imagine how crazy you would be if you weren't (laughs) I know me and I know how crazy I would be without Jesus I mean come on can we just be honest this morning your agenda is to sleep with every person you can Amen, Pastor Andrew. I'm going to have to preach back here this morning. Our agenda is to steal, manipulate, and lie. Our agenda is to push our way to success. But I can't live by his agenda. I have to live by the kingdom. And we can all operate by our fleshly desires and seek God. Get this this morning. We can seek God with our agenda in mind. Because here's the thing, you can want the right thing in the wrong way. Can I give you an example? Give me Bible, Pastor. All right, I will. Jesus feeds the 5,000. That's 5,000 men. The Bible wasn't accounting for women and children. So it was probably more like 20,000 if each family had an average of two kids. So we're talking about at least 20,000 people Jesus has just taken a little boy's lunch and he has fed everybody. And they're full. (laughs) I mean, like after Paula Deen's kind of full. You know what I'm saying? He feeds the 5,000. And the Bible says in the middle of the night, 
Jesus gets in a boat and leaves. He goes to the other side of the, of the, the sea. And when the people wake up, Jesus is in there. And they're like, oh, man, we need to find Jesus. Now, this sounds great. We're seeking Jesus. Oh, where's Jesus? Like, yeah, we're called to seek God. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? It sounds good on the surface. But when they get to Jesus, Jesus, where's my bread? Jesus, where's my fish? Jesus, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. Does anybody know somebody like that? I have two kids, so I know exactly. Dad, feed me. Dad, I'm hungry. No, I don't want to eat that, but I want to eat that. Come on. No, I don't want to eat turkey. I want to eat Oreos. Feed me, Dad. You know what I'm talking about? Feed me. And they show up. They follow Jesus because they want another free meal. But Jesus is smart, and he recognizes their intentions because you can want the right thing in a wrong way. And here's what he says. This scripture blows my mind. He says, there's no bread today. He said, I am the bread of life. Me. You want to feast on something? Feast on me. There's no fish today. The meal is right here. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Somebody say, it's Jesus. So why do I want a miracle? That's my question this morning. Why do I want a miracle? Why do we want a large building that we can fit thousands of people into every Sunday? Why? Why do we want the miracle? Do I just want to feed my stomach or do I want to feed my soul? I'm going to say that again. Do I just want to feed my stomach or do I want to feed my soul? What am I feeding? Am I feeding my agenda? Am I feeding my ego? Am I feeding my dreams? Am I just wanting to feed my bank account? What's my agenda? So the problem with the will of God, get this, is that it can't be wrapped up in one word. The word yes. Somebody say yes. Because the fullness of God's will is no and. Some of you got it. Let's try again. No and. There we go. We all want God's yes for our lives. We all want the blessing of God. Come on. I do. I mean, God literally gave me a beauty queen as a wife. I'm married way up, if you get what I'm saying. Some of you don't. Cool. <laughs> You're like, Amen, Pastor. You married way up. Amen, Pastor. We all want God's yes. I mean, who doesn't want to come to church and feel God? Nobody. We all want the yes of God. We want his yes. But unfortunately, in the culture of name it and claim it, you know what I'm talking about? Like if you'll pray hard enough, you can have the Lamborghini. Okay, show me that in the Bible. Amen. We all want God's yes. And we feel like his most powerful word is yes. I felt like this as a teenager. I just wanted somebody to speak a word over me that God affirmed me. Because I was looking for affirmation in all the wrong places. That'll preach by itself. I was looking for God's yes. 
But I would dare to say to you this morning that God's no is more powerful than his yes. I'm going to say it again. I would dare to say that God's is more powerful than his. Let's go to Genesis chapter one, verse nine. The Bible says, then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place so that dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters the seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the earth sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed bearing plant and trees that grow seed bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kind of plants and trees from which they come. And that is what happened. I love this translation. It's very straightforward, isn't it? That's what happened. Verse 12. And the land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed bearing plants and trees with seed bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. I know that was a lot of scripture. Like, what does that have to do with no and yes? I'll show you. Notice what happens at the end of the scripture. What happens? Everything is bearing fruit. And God saw that it was good. Everything is bearing fruit. And I love seasons like that where it's all good. You ever been there? Your money's good. Your marriage is good. Your kids are like behaving well at restaurants. It makes no sense. All the parents know what I'm talking about. Like it's better to just eat at home. Like when we go to a restaurant, it's like something just changes in their minds. They're like, let's scream. Let's cry. Let's throw a fit. Let's take my shirt off in the restaurant. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Not long ago, my son and I and my family were in a restaurant, and he just pulls his shirt up and says, belly. I said, put your shirt down, son. We're staying modest. Come on. I love seasons where it's all good. I love those seasons. But before the fruit can come, before the fruit comes, notice what precedes it. Separation. Somebody say separation. The Bible says that there was, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking it in my own. This is the Andrew Butler translation, the ABT. It's not out yet. It's coming out later next year. Come on. (laughs) The ABT. Notice what happens. You have the land, the sea, and the sky. And he says, I want you to separate. There needs to be a definitive way of seeing, oh, this is land, this is sea, this is sky. Somebody say land, sea, sky. They were all together, but God says, no, in order for fruitfulness to come, there must first be separation. Did you catch that? In order for fruitfulness to come, there must be separation. In order for you to function as I created you, there must be separation. This is why God calls us out of the world into his kingdom. Because in order for you to function the way that God created you, there must be a separation. That's why you can't date that guy. I'm talking to all my young adults in the house this morning. Maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) That's why you can't just date anyone. 
That's why the breakup happened. But I love him so much. He's my whole world. Could it be that God wanted some separation in your life? You can't date that dude. You know why? He's keeping you from your destiny. I'm talking real talk this morning. That's why you can't just hang around with everybody because they're keeping you back from what you are called to do. Because in order for there to be function in what was created, there must first be separation. Somebody say separation. That's why you can't take that job. Because it will keep you from fulfilling the destiny on your life. I'm not saying don't work. Paul said if you don't work, you don't eat. Come on, that's straight Bible. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you can't just do anything. What is his will? What is his agenda for my life? Because I want to tell somebody this morning, if you don't hear another word I say, there's a calling on your life. There is destiny on your life. God set you apart for a reason. There's a reason your mom did not go through with the abortion. Man, I feel that right now. Because there is something on you that God wants to use. But in order for it to come to fruition or fruitfulness, there must first be separation. Somebody say separation. So I would dare to say again that God's no is more powerful than his Because God, oh, get this this morning. God's no keeps me from stupid stuff. I remember there was this girl. It's always about girls and guys, isn't it? Come on. I remember this girl, and I thought I was going to marry this girl. And out of nowhere, the whole thing just went crazy. Like bizarro world. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like Bizarro Superman? Multiverse? Does anybody know? Come on. Anybody caught up on Loki? (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) If you don't know what I'm talking about, just come see me after service. I'll explain it. It was just weird. Like the relationship, it it was so great. And then it was like, out of nowhere. It was mind-blowing. It was God's no. It was God's no. Can I give you another example? I remember there was this guy who had just started missions work. He was in our church, and he said, I just started missions work in in South Africa, and I want you to come preach for a whole month. Now, if you're a young preacher, someone saying, hey, will you preach for a whole month is like a hook in your jaw, and you can't help but do it. It's like, you mean I get to preach every day for a whole month? (laughs) Y'all preaching's fun. I hate to tell you, like, it's not just boring. It's fun. Do the preachers know what I'm talking about in the house? And he said, I want you to come preach. I'll pay all of your expenses. I'm going to pay your plane ticket. The plane ticket was like $2,000 by itself. He said, I'm going to pay everything. It's like $5,000 trip. I'm going to pay it because I want you to come preach. I was like, I'm in. And I remember I was praying. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, Pastor Ron, and said, don't go to Africa. I was like, what? Like, I'm doing God's will. I'm preaching the word. I'm going to go there and preach, and people are going to get saved. Holy Spirit, because I like to talk real to God. Holy Spirit, are you telling me you don't want people to be saved in Africa? Don't say that to God, y'all. He said, don't go to Africa. It's like, fine. Whatever. 
told you I'm very real with God. I left prayer mad. I text the guy, and man, was he mad. I mean, he was mad I wasn't going. He still has not spoken to me this day. Like, God bless him. He was so mad. I was so frustrated. And I remember my pastor at the time asked me, he said, hey, I'm going to this trip to Harlan, Kentucky. Will you go play piano for me? Because that's what I used to do. And I went with him. And I was like, what am I doing in Harlan? Nothing against Harlan, Jordan. (laughs) Harlan has the best Chinese I've ever had in my life. I'm serious. Like, if you've never been to Harlan, you need to drive to Harlan just to eat their Chinese. It's unbelievable. It will rock your world. Okay? It's super good. But anyway, I go to Harlan, and I'm playing, and I'm like, oh, whatever. This, this really stinks. And I'm, I'm walking out to the car, and I hold the door open for this girl walking through. I'm like, man, she's really pretty. And it was Faye Turner. That's my wife. And she touched me on the shoulder. She said, you played the piano so good tonight. And I was, I was so like, I was like, what is happening? This hot girl is touching my shoulder. Like, I was like, thanks, and I moved on. I would have been in Africa. I would have been at a good place at the wrong time. You can want the good thing at the wrong time. No will keep you from doing stupid stuff. I've done some stupid stuff. But I know that God's no kept me from stupider stuff. I don't even know if that's a word. More stupid stuff. If not for God's no. Aren't you glad for God's no this morning? I would have married the wrong person. I would have moved to the wrong city taking the wrong job, connected with the wrong people, if not for God's no. If not for God's no. Some of you would be dead in a gutter if not for God's no. Some of you wouldn't even be here today if not for God's no. Some of you would have married that crazy guy that you dated in high school. You would have married that crazy lunatic girl that you dated for like 10 years and were engaged to her. Come on, I'm talking to somebody this morning. If not for God's no. Aren't you glad for God's no this morning? Give him some praise if you're glad for God's no. Because I hate to tell you, the Father, he loves you so much. It's not what I hate to tell you. But I hate to tell you that he doesn't just say yes. He will not let you be a spoiled kid in the kingdom and just say yes to you. He's also going to tell you no. So God's yes is powerful, but so is his no. You still with me? Somebody stay with me 10 more minutes. Can you do that? So his no is defining. It's systematic. God is separating things. And his yes is fulfillment. It's fruitfulness. Which brings us to our text. All of that was an intro, okay? It brings us to our text, and I want to go to verse 19, where Jesus says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'll give you the keys. Somebody say, I'll give you the keys. I'll give you the keys. I'll give you the keys. I'll give you the agenda of heaven. I'll give you the keys, and whatever you forbid or bind, that's what the old translation says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed or permitted in heaven. Now notice, this is an authority cycle of the kingdom of heaven. Because people think that if I just start saying 
stuff is going to happen, that it's just going to happen. That's not how it works. Your mind is too corrupt for God to give you that kind of power. Amen, Pastor Andrew. I don't care how holy you are. I don't care how many church services you go to. Our minds are too corrupt for us to be able to have that power. This is how it works. God has a will. It's in the mind of the king. He's our king. We pray. He speaks it. Then we ask it according to his will. And because we ask it according to his will, it's done. It's done. Because it was already his will. Do you get that? And notice it says whatever. Jesus says whatever you bind in heaven, whatever you loose. But it's God's whatever. It's not our whatever. Are you tracking with me? It's whatever he has given me authority over. So it doesn't mean you get to use the authority over the person you don't like. You don't get to say, God, I bind Shelly in the name of Jesus. You don't get to do that. God, I'm sending Shelly back to the pit of hell that she came from in the name of Jesus. It's not how it works. You have to pray. <laughs> Poor Shelly, Chris, that's sad. You have to pray according to his will. You have to pray according to his will. And so God has given us kingdom authority. But authority is not just in releasing, it's also in forbidding. Because notice the way the text is laid out. Jesus doesn't say, whatever you loose in earth will be loosed in heaven, and then whatever you bind in earth will be bound in heaven. The order is to bind it and then loose it. Are you with me? You can't release until you first forbid. I'm going to put it this way. You can't have God's yes until you have his. You can't have God's yes until you have his no. Jordan, you can go and come. I believe with all of my heart that we are going to see the blessings on near church here in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Anybody with me on that? I have no doubt. I believe we're going to see a miracle building. I believe we're going to have a dream center. I believe we're going to have a food truck for the homeless that literally is free to whoever needs to eat. I just believe we're going to do those things. Come on. I believe our city is going to be transformed. I believe by the time I die, poverty is going to be eradicated from our city in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm believing that. I'm believing that racism will have no place in our city. Come on. I believe that in the name of Jesus. I believe all that. But before that, God has a no for us to use. Because you can't release until you forbid. How can you let God into a place that is still full of you? You get what I'm saying? How can I let God in? How can I release the blessing of God until I've let it out first? So I want to forbid some stuff this morning. Is that okay? I'm going to declare this. Why don't you just go ahead and stand all across the house this morning? We're forbidding hell from having reign over our city. We are forbidding 
the agenda of the world over WKU. I'm going to say that one again. We're forbidding the agenda of the world over WKU. We are forbidding poverty over our region in the name of Jesus. We are forbidding the enemy oh, from taking purity away from our kids in the name of Jesus. I'm declaring it, Beth, that our kids are going to have a Holy Spirit revival in the name of Jesus. I'm declaring it. We are forbidding drugs from ruining lives and families in our city in the name of Jesus. We are forbidding a religious spirit from having rule over our city and saying that certain people can't come into the church. Everybody's welcome at near church. You may show up one way, but you're going to leave another way, baby. Come on. We're forbidding darkness from overtaking Warren County in the name of Jesus. I'm coming against every demonic spirit of depression, suicide, anxiety. You have no place in our city. Hell, go back to the pit that you came from. Suicide, go back to the pit that you came from. I forbid you in my city in the name of Jesus. We forbid some stuff. Now we release. I feel his spirit here right now. We forbid you, Satan, from having our children. You will not take my kids. They're covered in the blood of Jesus. You will not have this city. This city is covered in the blood of Jesus. We bind you. We bind you. We release revival. I said we release revival. We release a move of God. I release prosperity in the church in the name of Jesus. Come on. Not just so you can be rich, so his kingdom can be expanded. Come on. I release healing. I believe, Father, that there's going to be a revival of healing where cancer will fall off of people's bodies in the name of Jesus. God, I declare that blind eyes are about to open. I declare that deaf ears are about to open. Is there anybody with me this morning? I release a move of God. I release breakthrough. Does anybody need a breakthrough this morning? I said, does anybody need a breakthrough this morning? Give them some praise right there if you need a breakthrough. I release miracle buildings in the name of Jesus. I said, I release miracle buildings in the name of Jesus. I release a move of God. I release miracle signs and wonders. I release the greatest move that there has ever been in the earth in Bowling Green, Kentucky, in the name of Jesus. Father, release heaven. Release your reign. Release your spirit. Release your goodness. Release your kindness. Come on. Let's lift our hands and praise him right now. Release it over us in the name of Jesus. Jesus, heaven invade, heaven invade, heaven invade. So right now, here's what I want to do. I'm going to open up these altars.